0: DIMP Digital presents, Idle Game Chat. Cool.
1: So, Logan after almost two years, I think it's 20 months specifically, Microsoft finally complete the purchase of Activision Blizzard King for almost 69 billion dollars. What's your first reaction when I say that? Is it relief? Because it's, it's sort of a relief for me that it's over with because I have to contend with listening to other gaming podcasts occasionally and hearing them Blow through it was just painful at times which is sort of why we left it alone mostly stayed away it was like well, it's a lot of money and that's all we know about it we'll let the rest of them figure it out but initial reaction for abk now under the microsoft umbrella big phil spender indeed
0: yeah there's been a lot to sift through i think is and a lot of speculation as well so i think Mm. Steering away from it is largely the right decision, um, but what's my first? I mean, my first initial reaction is I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, it was. I think but it, was, it, doesn't, I think it was, doesn't feel that long.
1: I think it was January twenty twenty one. I think that's the timeline. It's mad, timeline. isn't it? It's, it's yeah, I mean, that you, long.
0: I'm not criticising the timeline. It's more just a case of well, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like to me that it's been out there. That long, but it evidently has done, and um, mm. yeah, I think it would be one of relief. I mean, it's one of those things we've obviously discussed it, and it feels like it was always going to get over the line one way or the other, right? I don't yeah. think that was that was in doubt, um but it was just a, becoming a little bit of a saga. I I thought, um, yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, whether it's good or not, I guess remains to be seen. Um, but it's good that it's over the line, and we can now start thinking towards perhaps another next. acquisition. <laughs>
1: well, I mean you can't
0: rule it out.
1: They've they have said they're not done, so no. I don't think they're going to spend another sixty nine billion on one publisher. But almost anything not under that. Empty. Well, you wait. Well, I don't think they are. I think they've. I think they've. I mean, if you cut Xbox away as a, its own division, absolutely, they've blown themselves to smithereens, but they've mm. got Satya and Microsoft's money to, to be messing around with and clearly have ideas to, to spend it um, with inflation. It's such a
0: mad amount of money, though. Brian.
1: I don't think people have ever grasped that properly. Like, that's never been... There's always been the concern of, why is it being looked at from the regulation? Why are they being so hard mm. on Microsoft? And I'm like, 69 billion... Like, one billion. D- d- just, just think about that. Like, count how yeah. many... This is ridiculous. For so them to do 69 of it. And I think they've bought ZeniMax, which is Bethesda and co, for seven. So this is mm. almost ten times that amount. And we're in the billions. So it was always <laughs> going to get raked
0: over the coals. I don't know what people were expecting or wanted. and Yeah, it's, course, it's a huge, huge deal. And financially, obviously, it's massive. Like... It was more than Musk bought Twitter for. That was like 40-something yeah. billion. And I thought that was a big deal. So, yeah. like, uh, a huge Twitter, Twitter is X. Sorry, yeah. Uh, take it is us off the platform. The platform for using previous branding. Wow. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, it's better, a massive we'll deal. on that, on on that front, better
1: logo. Just a standard X. I didn't like that little bird. I never did. But it was just <laughs> a means to an end, wasn't it? You had to get on board with it. Now it's just a nice X.
0: I don't like how everything... Because he's already said that he likes the letter X. Like, um, he obviously, he's got SpaceX, Tesla Model X. Uh, like, we, should, we should do Gaming X,
1: just in case. Well, like, well, I'll buy a ready-made again. <laughs> a ready-made Enterprise.
0: Got the basics built out for him.
1: I'd only ask um, him for one billion as well. I'm not asking well, for that. Well, apparently, mm, apparently, billion's not a lot of
0: money these days, so I'd only ask for a bill. That seems quite low. fry, exactly. I think. Uh, so yeah it's a huge deal, huge amount of money so uh it' be interesting to see what happens. I think I saw some quotes from Phil earlier in the week about mobile and various other things, so they've obviously yeah still been planning knowing or expecting this to go through, and now you'd expect them to start putting some wheels in motion um, yeah I've got a few of them here actually I mean yes, one of the one, of the,
1: one of the small. Thing. Well, not small. I mean, it doesn't really matter because it's all legacy content. But he did say don't expect any ABK games to drop on Game Pass this year. Mm. So that is a. It's only a, we're three months from the end of the year, not even that, two and a bit. So, it's, you know, they could, January 1st, a load of them might arrive. But I thought that was interesting that he's just setting expectations, snip mm. that in the bud. Don't expect Call of Duty. Don't expect old Call of Duty. Don't expect. Tony Hawk. Don't expect any of this just yet. We're just integrating this. And one of the reasons he's so whether it's bollocks or not, we'll never know, is they weren't 100% confident that it was going to go through when it did or when it was going to go through, when they were going to get clearance. So they didn't do much prep work, it seems. They sort of sat there and said, well, it's not waste resources, assuming it's definitely going through because we might need to pivot off this, which is understandable. Mm. Also, look, do they just dump a load of legacy content in one go in 2024? I don't think they do. I think they stretch that out every month. You get a new Activision Blizzard slash King gang. It's a subscription model. Like, mm. you, I'm surprised these Netflix fucks have started. Well, they stopped doing it, haven't they? With that Witcher, they cut that into two parts for no reason. Clearly, just mm. to get another month sub out of you. But generally, they drop things all in one go. And I always think, well, if you just carved it up a little bit, you might keep people hanging around a bit longer, but... Yeah, so no games this side of the year, which is somewhat surprising, but not a big deal. Um, He did say they're going to take a, quote, respectful approach to the amazing trove of Activision Blizzard franchises. I don't know what that means. Again, it's it's Phil Spencer, friend of the show. Call of Duty. No more exclusive timed skins or timed content. So... That's a net positive, I think, for everyone involved. Yeah. I don't know how the beat has been rolling out, but I think play, pre-order PlayStation had it first. Then it was PlayStation. Mm. Then it's everyone that pre I don't know what they're doing, but I expect the pre-order stuff to still stay there, but I don't think it'll be locked down to platform, which is a good thing. More people to be playing that. I'm sure Jim's fuming that his little little added bonus that he's had for the last five five years or so is going to disappear slowly. And he did say they don't want to turn all of Xbox's franchise into mobile games, but does say the acquisition makes, quote, Xbox relevant on the largest platform. Hinting that that is obviously a focus for them, which
0: it probably is. It's such a shit on, though, isn't it? Because the largest platform... And you can't... Everyone's got a mobile, right? So I think you can't really dispute that as a fact. But it's nonsense. Um, But it's nonsense because it's... It's not a true, oh god, here we go. It's not a true gaming platform yet, is how I would position it. Obviously, we discussed that over the last um, over the last few weeks, anyway. But um, it's accessible by everyone, and having Call of Duty Mobile and mm. Candy Crush and all those sort of things are going to be um, a big win for them, I think, in in penetrating the mobile market because what they've a- got all that expertise.
1: Yes. One of the things that they has been long-roomed is they want to launch some sort of Windows-type store or a way of getting their content via their own store. I don't know how realistic that is based on Apple and Google devices and how that all works. I, I, yeah. I lost track of... I know Epic were trying to go after Apple about certain things like that, about enabling... Mm. I think you can. I think you, you, they're going to enable sideload. I don't know what this shit means, but essentially that's one thing that people are speculating on but is there anything in the mobile space particularly that would interest you whether that's a crossover whether that's bringing a halo mobile game in the same vein of of call of duty whether that's just candy crush but with the master like is there anything on the mobile side Mm -hmm. that you think they could synergize between the two that might interest because you're more adept at trying the odd mobile game like proper mobile game than i am so I don't know if there's anything there yeah. that, might, that might get you feeling, well, will give that a
0: go. I'll always give something a go, but very little, especially at the moment, is is kind of keeping me. Like it's this I just do it because there's nothing else to do. Like if I'm <laughs> locked on one of those trains, I'll do something out of boredom. Like <laughs> that's pretty much what it what it's become for me. Um So I have to say, like, there's nothing I'm particularly like asking for, I mm. guess. Or that I mean look, if something halo related or whatever it might be, Gears of War related, I don't know, any you sort of it piques your interest just because of that that name, right? Mm. Um But I'm adamant that certain types of games and casual games, I hate using that term, but something casual, something pick up and play and easy to do is is the best way of of accessing a market rather than something super hardcore. Yeah. Um, but that might change. I still think, you know, I was playing out of all things yesterday, RuneScape on the train home because I was bored, mm. doing a little bit of levelling on there. And even there, the connection's cutting in and out. And, yeah. Uh, it's just such a, even on that in that environment where I'm trying to actually do something and I'm locked away in it, I still can't do it properly because the connection's so poor. Like, yeah. so... I think there's a lot of problems for it, um, and it's probably more suited, I hate to say it, a younger generation, (laughs) like maybe I'm just not that sort of, at that age now where I'm going to play that kind of stuff in in that that
1: way. I think we're in that awkward middle ground where Mm. we grew up with console games and having access to consoles. Generation above us didn't, so you see those old fucks playing those mobile games, thinking that's the best thing they've ever played. Yeah, and yeah. then you've got the youngsters coming through that like that as well. So it's almost like we're stuck in the middle.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but again, we're, we are slightly different, right? In that we're probably the, and I'll call us the spoiled few because. <laughs> I've got on this desk an Xbox and P- Xbox like, Series X and a PS5 Yeah. down the shed I've got like God knows how many different consoles I've now got a PC in the mix a Switch yeah. and a capable phone like so if you take away everything that's on this desk and let's say I've just got a really capable iPhone like or a Wiley doing, Fox or hmm, not capable that's no. the problem with it it wasn't capable but it was an entry it was a it was a, a an entry into the Android world, um, but uh, I think if you're if you turn it upside down and the phone's the more capable thing, then it becomes something where you go, actually, I can play certain different games, but knowing that I've got this capability here, kind mm. of makes me not want to play those games on oh, a yeah, mobile yeah. device yeah and there's, <laughs> there's a lot of most people don't
1: mm. play as much as what we probably do on average anyway like it's just not a folk Gaming's is more of a, a side side thing than a hobby if that yeah, makes yeah. sense like it is a time yeah. killer and nothing else so there's, there's and that's most people I would, I would say but mm. there's the king side I think it's no doubt going to give them a presence obviously in the mobile space but also financially they'll be able to take all the profits from that which has been one of their better performing arms of it on, on the blizzard side they've got a lot a ton of franchises and whatnot i won't go blow by blow through any of this to be mm. just to be warning people don't expect a whole hour of this nonsense but i did want to touch on one thing that i find interesting <clears throat> that they've got world of warcraft now which yeah. op- which operates mm. on the old school model of you pay monthly for that game
0: The OG, some might call it. The
1: OG. You only get access to that one game. Now, a lot of people say it's always been worth the the price of mission. And we've got the Salmons of the world and the Dave Lappers of the world that continually Mm. go back to that and sub for more months than they don't each year and have been enjoying Classic and and all that sort of stuff. But Mm. they are in a bit of a a strange spot. They've got this Game Pass lurking, which is the ultimate value in gaming, offers you hundreds of games Mm. at a, a monthly price. Will they I can see at some point say look <laughs> World of Warcraft is now a Xbox owned franchise as per our agreement with you, the fans, of giving you our first party games, it now includes a World of Warcraft subscription. Off you go, thank you. N- and now it no comes no
0: chance. I'll call it now. No chance. But why ain't not happening? But he says it's- it says on their fucking website. First party this,
1: goes day one. I know this would be like no day 6,000 because it's so old, this game, but... Well,
0: I mean, they'll, I think they're going to use this... I mean,
1: that would be suicide financially for that, but it, yeah. do just think how big that could make World of Warcraft or they could monetize it? Like, it would open it up to 25, 30 million players mm. and...
0: Who knows? I, I just, I think they'll sort of say that in its that's own little exception.
1: box.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think that's, they sort of, they'll go, it's always been that way, everyone. We don't want to change that yeah. established model, whatever it is. Taking
1: away exclusive skins that we all liked, didn't we? love all that.
0: I mean, it'd be great for me. Like, the more that they put on that Game Pass, the better, yeah. right? Because it's a net win for for people like me and you. But you'd probably argue for people that don't want to, do that there might be some people i don't know them that are upset about this whole thing and they go i don't want to i want to just hmm. do you know what i mean they'll be like ups the hardcore or a hardcore few yeah. might be upset about it. i don't know why
1: um battle net which is a good platform in comparison to that xbox app so if they're going to learn yes. anything from blizzard yeah i'd say you wipe out that xbox app and use all the tech for that that battle net but yeah, i'll
0: bet that. your ass it'll be the other way around I mean, it'd be foolish. Because because it it all integrates, doesn't it, with this fucking Windows Store and all that crap.
1: I mean, look, they've got a soft asset there in Battle.net and they should at least mm, (laughs) utilize that. and Reskin it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: we'll see. But, yeah, it's an interesting one, actually. Just quickly on the mobile piece, one that I did forget that's another big one is Hearthstone. Like, that Mm. is a pretty good one. They recently put League of Legends on, on mobile, which I gave a go of as well because I'm not a... A league of legends player i was a bit like what on earth is going on here i didn't really yeah. get it and when i did get it i was like this is not the platform to be doing this on no. um so there is you know there is that wider piece i guess than just call of duty mobile and and um candy crush there is that league of legends mobile there is hearthstone like there is a yeah. a pretty good and there's probably more that will occur to me after this podcast as well of, of games that ABK have successfully transitioned to, to being yeah. on mobile. So when even, I thought about those, I was like, hang on a minute. Even Bethesda have done
1: it. They had Fallout Shelter. Mm-hmm. They've got the Elder Scrolls yeah, Castles, yeah. Elder Scrolls Blades, I think it was. You've got Doom, mm. Mighty Doom, I think it's got some... So they've they're, even Bethesda have been at it mm. in the mobile space and obviously ABK come with some expertise or probably one of the best expertise you can get your hands on yeah. of mm. already successful stuff, but you poo-pooing my idea of transferring all World of Warcraft subscribers into Game Pass ultimate subscribe, and say now you get all this as well and if that happens
0: on. you can clip this bit on here and and show it back and do a little laughing thing over it because <laughs> i i would be i think it'd be great if they did it like yes, from, yes. like i would absolutely take it cuz i'd love to give it a go and stuff like that mm. um it's one that always passed me by but i just don't see i think that's far too big a cash cow to I mean if if Game Pass started floundering or struggling for ideas, then they might go, yeah, well World of Warcraft's coming over, and everyone (laughs) would go, What yeah. But I think that that will stay in its own own realm.
1: What about as a concession that they just they try and make a console version of World of Warcraft? So
0: it stays This is also a problem, right? Yeah. Mm, So we've got
1: Final Fantasy 14, which is done that mm. which has been on pc and playstation is coming to xbox so it is, it is possible and console yeah. players have always missed out on world of warcraft you can keep the subscription model and say you're still paying whatever it is a mm. month to play that but now we open it up to our console brothers and
0: sisters i don't really know how they make it console friendly because those sort of games are naturally not they're just point and clicks and doing anything with point and click with a with a um even like Football Manager, they've done Football Manager console and it's so poor with a controller it's almost unplayable. Yeah. Like it it shouldn't be allowed. You have to be plugging a mouse in. So I well, mean I they say could you, arguably you look at Final sure. Fantasy
1: fourteen and say, I'll see what they've done with their controller mapping, mm. okay, done.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's any good or I not. I haven't played it, but well, no, I don't mean, think it's horrendous.
1: Same with Diablo, that was seen as an impossible thing to do, and some it's people... always going to be
0: a downgrade, wow. is the way that I would phrase it. But it could be playable and you can make it work, but um, yeah, I mean, who knows what they've got planned? They might decide to launch work, it with a with its own subscription on Xbox, which would be weird, but that's I'm thing, not really I mean, ruling anything out. No.
1: We'll see. I mean, I, I I tend to err on the side they would be pretty cautious with most stuff, at least initially, mm. because yeah, they're cash cows understand. for a reason. Like yeah. You don't really want to be upsetting that Call of Duty fucking system where they churn out a game every year that sells 20 million copies. Like You just don't want to be fiddling with that too it
0: much. Game's broke, don't fix it, is yeah. usually the rule that you want to employ.
1: There's a lot of support studios that, that operate under those that don't get the, the name sort of... Mm parade that the the infinity wards and the sledgehammers and i've forgotten what the other one is now they have a turd one but it's um treyarch, treyarch. actually they went too bad were they um <clears throat> that get but if you start un- underpinning and unseating un- support studios you've got to fill it with someone else you don't just mm. pull off a raven or a toys for bob and there's, there's a vacuum left there is what i'm saying that it's gonna be difficult yeah. to, to get those teams out there to back to what they were doing before they got put in the the Call of Duty system. Activision side of things, any wish lists here for you? Anything that Phil can do to improve perhaps a Call of Duty or another franchise or anything from that side of things?
0: It's a really tricky one because for all my criticisms over the years, like the company and the sales are yeah. still phenomenal, right? So if you they haven't bought it to to run it into the ground, to... Move it back to what I'd like. They have like, so- it
1: to bring the Lost Vikings back for me. They simply haven't, <laughs> so I have to accept that there's not going to be a great deal of change. And I think others will get a shock when they realise their favourite obscure franchise is just left. Yeah. Perhaps, I perhaps, mean, it, perhaps it's ported to Game Pass. As a, a, there you go. You can get at it now through this. But don't expect reboots of your favourite obscure Activision or Blizzard franchise from the 90s.
0: To be honest with you, I'm not expecting a whole load of change. Like, If anything, I'm just expecting it to just run as it has largely for a long period of time. There might be smaller incremental changes. I think there will be stuff that comes to Game Pass over a period of time. I don't think Call of Duty will, or at least the latest releases. Warzone, for a start, is still... A standalone proposition that's free to play anyway. Like I think I just don't think it's going to be the way. They might do things like segregating the campaigns. I I don't know what they're going to do, but arguably, like they clearly don't want to at least initially take a load of it from PlayStation because they still want that revenue. So they're obviously using it as the cash cow and want to use it as a cash cow that it is. Yeah. So I don't see it changing that much because it's been bloody good at doing what it's doing, right? Um, I think Xbox obviously just want to benefit from it and that's what they'll do. The benefit is, Mm. I think it's,
1: That's I think of all the leeway we've given Phil and co, this now has to be no more excuses from this moment onwards. You can't In terms of what, decent games? Yeah, in terms of a constant stream of Content, this mm. has to be the line we draw and say, This is it now. You've just spent 70 billion and mm. you've just got three huge publishers sitting under one umbrella. You can't even be getting this leeway anymore. There's it's not, they're going to win these sympathy battles of like, Oh, we're a challenger brand. It's like, Well, challenger brands don't typically spend 10 times what the biggest acquisition in the industry was, which was actually their own acquisition a few years before. Like, that's not a that's not a true challenger brand as far as I'm concerned. Normally they're a bit more financially strung up. This is Man City now,
0: <laughs> in it?
1: This is now officially Manchester City. They've gone out and just bought one of the highest assets they can because no one else could, and they're mm-hmm. going to implement it in, in, and use it to their advantage. So that's the level of scepticism I'll always give them. You should be winning the treble every year. That fucking money pumped into these, these places. So this is what I'm expecting now. Might be unfair, but the, I don't know. I don't see how you can uh, make the argument yeah. of, well, poor old Xbox, they're still struggling to become relevant. So, well, no, you've, you've got Call of Duty and Minecraft now, for one. You've got a mobile division, you've got Blizzard, you've got it all. You've got Bethesda, you've got the next Elder Scrolls game, you've got Fallout. What more do you need?
0: Insomniac. Well, they haven't got them. <laughs> yeah. I think they're like 200 mil. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> like when you look at something like that and, and, and it's one against, developer uh, 69. So, but yeah. yeah.
1: But I, I still
0: feel like they lack in that. Bollocks. I mean, you could argue Bethesda do that, but I don't see that they've got someone under their wing that's going to do what PlayStation are doing. I think yeah. that, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. They might not be aiming for that kind of level or game... If you like, and not buying those developers, because otherwise you think surely they would have done. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, well, I don't think they were they were at the races when Insomniac and Sony were putting together Spider Man, because Marvel would mm. come to both Sony and Xbox about making some sort of Spider Man game. Sony went, oh, Insomniac might be a good fit. We'll do mm. the publishing thing, blah blah blah. Xbox put thumb up, past and went.
0: Do you not think that's interesting though? I'd expect like. Microsoft and Xbox to be kind of more on a on a level with with like a Marvel type game. Do you know what I mean? Like it just feels like well, a more natural fit in a weird kind of way. It's just interesting to see that it's gone that way. Well, but, I um, think there's a,
1: there was definitely a period of time when Xbox weren't at the races or weren't didn't have their finger close to where the pulse was even beating. Had it on the corpse next door, so they weren't they weren't understanding what might could be popular for them. And you can see yeah. that for the whole Xbox One generation, an utter abject failure yeah. from a content perspective, a disgrace mm. in many, compared to what that 360 gave us, like utter drivel trash. And again, you compare it to the PS4, even worse for it, it made them look like right fools. So I think yeah. now they've, they've they've realized that and are doing a, well, a better job. But yeah, this is it now. The dance has started. The sympathy yeah. is gone. Interesting. Man City have entered the chat. I don't know what you'd call... I don't know what PlayStation's equivalent is. Could be like Manchester United going for a real transition phase and never getting out of it with this live service I don't know, because
0: you'd argue that, that PlayStation is still winning in, in well, some yeah, respects. They it's they still, are. You know. So Spurs, you...
1: it's top of the league. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be by the time this podcast is, I reckon. Or well, it's international this week. No, it's not, is it? It's not.
0: No, no, no. Spurs don't play till till Monday anyway. Okay. Um, but it's only a matter of time anyway i
1: always used to compare them to liverpool <clears throat> who were like doing pretty well with like they had a good system in place weren't spending city they, money but
0: they, they went and got ferch and, yeah, and alisson well
1: yeah but compared to what these city fucks have been up to yeah, for, for yeah, a decade but that's so i always used to put them as but then they fell off last year and Maybe maybe 2.0 is back at it. I don't know who Nintendo would be. That's the one I've always struggled with. Sort of the old stewards who have absolutely... I'd say they just, are United. Yeah, but, United are so poor now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Nintendo arguably at the top of the game. Because they've got a lot of money. Like, they're not poor. No. And they do... They do continue to, to win despite some shit being released. Like, maybe they get away with poorness.
1: Maybe they're not like a... Maybe they're sort of like a... Because even Real Madrid spend loads of money. I don't know. I don't think there is an analogue for it. Yeah. We'll find out. Any any ideas, put them in the chat for who Nintendo can be. I think we've given Xbox to be Man City. Liverpool Mm. still for Sony and PlayStation. But who could Nintendo be? It doesn't have to be Premier League, but it would be easier to pit them against each other. Anyway, it's enough of that ABK nonsense. That should be it, really. We'll get like... The game drops and whatnot. I don't think it will even make the news in our abridged version of that. But I'm glad it's over. And who knows what they do next? And who knows whether Sony respond and go for something big? I doubt they're going to spend anything close to sixty nine billion. I'd be surprised if they spent over five. But we will see. But this is Idle Game Chat, Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast. Got apps running the operation, which is me and then Logan, the resident referee, who is co. Host. Well, it doesn't do much hosting, just sort of responds. I think a co-host should actually come with topics, personally. So I'm always mm. perplexed when people say, oh, here's my co-host, and then one just sits there. I think they give them <laughs> too much credit.
0: I don't know, maybe... Um, we like the Holly and Phil. Mm. Dick and Dom. Ah, bungalows.
1: would love Where a bungalow, am sick of these stairs. <laughs> That's the idea, isn't it? Because then you, you've always got a downstairs toilet. everyone got to look at the floor pan when you move. Everything, <laughs> yeah. Everything's downstairs. Anyway, enough of that. Ideal. <laughs> yeah, it would be ideal. Maybe in a later life. Patreon.com forward slash Dim Digital is the place to go. If you want to join the core community, as this is a grassroots and independent endeavour. No money coming in apart from those that wish to give us that through Patreon or through Twitch. And we are forever grateful Let's move on. We've got four games that have come out in the Fantasy Gaming League. Two big ones. Two not so big ones, how I'd split it up. Let's go in order of when the reviews started to appear. First of all, Marvel's Spider-Man 2. So, this is in Parky's Fantasy Gaming League team.
0: It certainly is. is.
1: Which is not ideal for you. Because it scored, at the moment, a clean 91. Adkins has got it. In the Grand Prix, which we'll get to. But it's kept that sort of that optical sweet spot of getting into the 91s. I think it's got 110 reviews at the moment, so it could slip to an 89 if people start crapping on it. But it will likely hold at least a 90, which is, you know, which is always good to see. Um, mm. let's go to Matt Miller from Game Informer. He gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Insomniac has nailed the rarest of video game development feats. The team has landed a trilogy of games that all stand up strong on their own merit but unite into a sweeping saga made better by experiencing it in its entirety. While more Spider-Man games will inevitably expand the mythology in new directions, there's no need to wait. With Spider-Man 2, the developer has found what makes superhero stories worth telling and retelling and giving its likeable heroes the journey they deserve." So, what's your thoughts on this? You were saying people crapping on Spider-Man. Now, I'll I'll tell you what. I'm surprised that it's on a 91. I'm talking like splitting airs here. I think Mm. the original got an 89 or a 90. And my theory was that it won't... That's the highest it could get. Because the tropes that it would probably lean on, which is traditional checklist open world tasks, clearing down fucking doing antenna towers or whatever they were doing in the first game to unlock parts of the mm. map. People are it's I'm told people are tired of that, that. They don't want to play it, that it's bad game design, that it's it's garbage. So I thought, and I don't think I don't know what Spider-Man 2 is. I've not actually played it just as we record this, but I was expecting it to get a little bit of a kicking for that. And some of the bigger outlets not necessarily gave it a kicking, but I think the IGNs gave it an 8, GameSpot gave it an 8. Um, mm. they're usually on the higher end of the average. So normally if something's got a 91, they're 9.5s they're 9. or 10s, not, not 8s. We saw that with Starfield. They dragged it down by giving it 7s. But um, what's your initial thoughts? Have you seen much of this? Have you stayed away from it? I've not looked at anything other than that one review. I've just checked the score. Not a technical disaster. I'm like, right, let's let's
0: roll into this and get playing. Exactly the same. So it's basically... I don't wanna see any of it. I don't I don't wanna I don't want spoilers. I don't wanna I wanna be surprised when I turn it on. But I've seen a couple of headlines and I read a metro um reader feature thing that was They're the noise the line. But they- I was like I like to know what I like to check different ends of the spectrum yeah. to see what's being said. And then like with anything, I go, What are the loonies on either side saying? Mm. And then we'll find out somewhere no doubt, get the nuance and go somewhere in the middle. But essentially, people are getting pissy because it's not an eighty, ninety, hundred-hour epic, and they're charging seventy oh dollars, seventy pounds for
1: it. What's it? Fifteen? Is, they're saying something around that. T- and then if you want to,
0: fifteen get- hours ish for for story, and then side to it and stuff. It's probably about a forty-hour uh, escapade. I, these people
1: need strangling. <clears throat> they do. That might that. be an extreme you. take.
0: Yeah. You don't one hundred out. Oh my god! Well, I'm not saying they have specifically put no, like, I, time frame on it, but the likeness is like when you get like a Starfield that's come out, and
1: well, you and get another, right. You, you get a Starfield that comes out. Poor old Adkins can't finish it. Keeps crashing on the credits. Won't let him go to the. It won't let him finish the game. does to a nice guy. That's, that's, a, that's a one in a million, probably, but. Just because a game's long, I've said this forever, it doesn't make it better. I Agree. What's so this? I, I this agree. Valhalla? <laughs> I,
0: look, you right, get that for fifteen for clarity, quid now.
1: Sorry, I'll shut up.
0: It's not. It's not an issue for me. No, but I think that's where some of the criticism is: is that because you're asking seventy pounds, seventy dollars for these games I now? Wait for now is and a sell, 15 you
1: fucking cunt.
0: Is a fifteen-hour campaign yeah. enough? that's that's the question and the retort from the devs and stuff has been well we think it's good enough that we could charge that which you know and arguably is with anything you can charge what you like for what for your product yeah are these handbags worth thousands of dollars like oh are these cars worth (laughs) like one point like how do you judge value it's a really difficult thing to attribute value for money right um and arguably, if they think their product is worth what they're selling it for, and people are going to buy it, then they're going to do that, right? That's called business. The so, market
1: will dictate whether it's too expensive or not, and we'll find out in a month or so.
0: Exactly. But I think that's the, the small criticism that has been levied at it, is that it's a short campaign. Is that a criticism that you would get on board with, or do you think that's actually a benefit?
1: Because I'm on the opposite side where having something that's not going to be 70 hours is a blessing these days i mean i enjoy my long games mm. but how many times do we sit here and i say i got to a certain point and it started to outstay its welcome it's almost well, and i always say they're let- overindulgent these days they're up, so, so up their own fucking asses that they don't know when to stop and you get a 30 hour I, uh, game that goes to 70 hours you know like, well, what are we doing here
0: i love the way that i knew this would buzz you as soon as i mentioned this because i know it's a a pain point for you. It can be any
1: game as well, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be Spider-Man.
0: But I agree. Uh, There's some games where I'd be annoyed if Football Manager ended after 20 hours because I'd go, (laughs) what's going on here? um, Look, I think, considering I've played the first Spider-Man, Miles Morales in in relatively short order, and this is creeping up on it, the last thing I'd want is to be fatigued by Mm -hmm. 70 and 80-hour games, right? Um, I actually thought that Miles Morales was... I enjoyed it more because it was a bit shorter. Yeah, and brief. I know it sounds weird to say that, but um, the length of something to me doesn't dictate how good it is. I.e., I don't mm. want a film in the cinema to be three and a half hours, right? <laughs> I don't want it. Those Stick Avatar it up your films, are. Yeah, there are. It's work. too long. My arse hurts. I get hungry, thirsty. I want to go to the toilet, and I can't pause it, so yeah. I don't be liking it. And it's the same with games. Like I. I i'm not just going to play spider-man i've got several other things to do and i'll play spider-man and i'll go and do something else like i don't want that to be consumed as the solo game that i'm playing for for the rest of the year like so i i'm happy with it and you know there's but it sounds there's a lot of side stuff to do once you've completed the campaign and stuff like 40 hours is fine yeah, I don't need anything more than that. But it was just interesting to see people getting pissy about that, basically saying I'm going to have to stop playing these sort of games now because it's just. And I was like, if you can't like right, and this is if if you can't afford it, don't buy it. That's my number one rule in life. Yeah, right? I don't get pissy because I can't buy a Bugatti. Right, I, <laughs> I ain't it levels. Right, so. If the, there's a cost of living crisis and we can't be affording games, you, you don't buy them. You don't piss and moan because they're only 15 hours. That's my perspective on it. It's like hmm. why well, you just buy go, Tetris
1: because well, that never ends and you ain't got. To worry that's about what it. he
0: said in the article. He went, oh, "I'm just going to play my retro games." I was like, well, will do that then. Nothing's oh, stopping you." No, uh, there is a. I will say that if a
1: game came along and they said 70 UK pounds. And the entire thing took four hours. Then I think there's a definite conversation to be had there, because that is that's an exceptionally short runtime for. So I will challenge
0: you. So chuck this out. There, there is a game, the first game that comes out in using like fully fledged Unreal Engine Five, right? right? And it's fucking unbelievable. Like literally, whenever I see Unreal Engine Five, it literally looks like real life. Like I cannot properly distinguish between whether it's a game or not right it looks unbelievable mm. and they go here you go Joe um you can play this five hour campaign 70 pounds but what you're playing is like you've never seen this before you've never played anything like it
1: mm. I mean, if you want to live in the world of reality that's never going to happen but for this scenario <laughs> <laughs> I still think there'll be a, be a problem with it for most people. And again, we go back to this, mm. it's all individual, isn't it? Would I personally yeah, yeah. take the plunge on that? I probably would out of curiosity, but I wouldn't yeah. moan that I'd spent the yeah. money. Now, I might get yes. in there and say, actually, I didn't enjoy it that much. That wasn't a good investment. But, you know, I've mm. played five pound games that I've had oodles of fun. I've played free-to-play stuff and yeah. oodles of fun. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah look, I think there are. there's a case to be made if this was five hours long. Mm but it's not 15 hours feels in that window and with the side content and whatnot. Uh, I just think that's a, it's a redactive way of looking at it. We've already getting the rumblings of the industry, not being sustainable because the games are growing in budget. Now, hmm. if you're making a fucking 80 hour game and it takes you five ten five, seven years to do, well, there's, there's a budget problem for you. So the tighter games can be made. I mean, Insomniac have done since 2018 there's a Marvel Spider-Man, Three DLC, DLC packs for that. Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and now this. In a what a five-year period, four mm. four titles, pretty good. Well, three really, isn't it? Is that was that four? One, two.
0: Well, it's three four. plus DLC.
1: Speddings,
0: Miles, <laughs>
1: Ratchet, Speddings two. Well, Miles is a half game, but what I'm saying is that's a pretty good turnout, and they have
0: of- reused. NYC and all this uh, Yeah 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 I, I mean yeah know, I'm
1: not But most games these days they, they, they deliver something and it's like mm. when are we gonna see Guerrilla games? They've they've done Horizon Forbidden West, they've done the DLC, gone. They won't won't see them for five to seven years. And they're mm. gonna go off and make a hundred hour game. That's what that's yeah. how much time I spent into Forbidden West. And what I love I love that game. But I don't expect or want every game to be half that length. I don't. I think think the game should be as long as they need to be for either story, narrative, or even gameplay and progression purposes. Any more padding and you're disservicing the entire package.
0: It becomes noticeable. Yeah, and you just know that... Yeah.
1: Or whatever, yeah. I mean, you could argue in the first Spider-Man game, those bits where you break out and control Mary Jane, slow you right down. They they take about 15, 20 minutes. Are they there just to pad out certain sections? Maybe. Those fucking... Puzzles and those those bloody technology things that you've got to do mm. is that all p- yeah, but 15 hours is plenty for a story, even if you mainlined it I think um at least for me anyway again, it's all personal isn't it that loser on the Metro reader writings uh clearly not, but you should be playing Tetris and then you won't have to worry about a game ever ending because you will not complete it near impossible but I'll be playing this and uh, at some point. Some of us will report back with some opinions on it. I want to get to Super Mario Wonder next. This is in Parky mm. again, so it's a double whammy this week for him. He's tried to catch up with you, and we'll go through the scores once we've got through this. And Adcock, who transferred it in, very smart on his behalf. Only 59 reviews. They came out on the same day, the 20th, which was a Friday. Mm. Don't know whether Nintendo are more protective of their codes. Seems like it. But it's got a 92, which is... A which is good, very good for a 2D Mario, and we've not had a true one for a long time. But here's Igen Italy, Mattia Ravinelli. I thought I'd go for the Italians because of Mario, because he is... I'm sure he's Italian. I don't know, actually. What is he? He's even human. Some people say he's not a human.
0: Well, I don't know what the true lore is. No. But I always understood he was a little Italian plumber
1: anyway super mario bros wonder paves a bold new road for the classic mario experience never a 2d mario has been so surprising and satisfying since super mario world and that's the key for me super mario world is my favorite out of those so that got a 9.5 by the way so that's a very nice score indeed now i've boxed myself in with mario and the switch i've already said several times that that switch is unlikely to get picked up until that new one is revealed and i know what's going on with backwards compatibility I don't want to be in a situation where I buy all these games and then Nintendo come along and say, right, we've got the Switch 2. We're re-releasing all the games again. Higher res, higher frame rates, all these added added bits and pieces. But you can play your old one. That might not transpire, but I'm happy to wait. So I've boxed myself in from that perspective. Also on the, the, the Mario front, I've been working through the back catalogue of the games. So I've got mm. to Mario 64 and I haven't played it yet. But I'm going to go through all the 3D and 2D Mario's in order, and then catch up and get to this. So I've got two Ronnieisms costing me. So it's going to get played for a long time. You, on the other hand, though, had this penciled in as a absolute titler, and mm-hmm. with a Curry's UK only deal, it was lurking for very good prices. Thirty eight quid, I think, was the price that it was being sniffed around for. What's happened here? It's come out on the same day as Spider Man. Who's going to get the nod? Tricky. I'm really very- reluctant
0: to pull this this switch out, is mm. the problem. It's the predominant problem. I mean, from my perspective at the minute, Speddins absolutely gets the nod. It has to, um, considering how much I enjoyed the first two. Mm. But I think, as I've said to you before, Super Mario World... Uh, I was just going to go into this whole It's Me Mario thing. Did you see that? No. I don't think we've covered this bit of nonsense no. on here before. Did you not see this? No. Oh. Right, so you know Mario goes It's A Me Mario. Okay. Right? Yeah. There's this thing that was doing the rounds on on social media that apparently he's not saying, a saying It's A Me Mario. He's just
1: saying It's Me, and no? he's got a thick Italian accent. It sounds like well, that.
0: Well, the, the allegation was that he was saying "itsumi Mario," and "itsumi" in Japanese means "super." Ah, allegedly, wow. Well. So what they were saying was, is he's actually saying "Super Mario," but in Japanese. Mm. Uh, I believe that is fake, so I think it's fake news. But it was interesting nonetheless at the time to hear it, because I was like, "Oh, maybe it is itsumi," yeah. but he's, he does say "itsumi Mario." So basically, what I've done there is. Fact check um, something that didn't need to be fact checked on this yep. podcast. Um, but broadly I'm I am interested. Um, I think I'd be more interested in a, a 3D Mario, much like yourself, would absolutely be yeah. a purchase. A two D Mario will definitely it looks good, it looks fun, I like yeah. the elephant thing and, and all that kind of good stuff. So yeah, I I'd say watch this space. I haven't pre ordered it, I haven't used that curry's code Bloody or
1: needs to be uh, saved
0: there is you're right um, and that Nintendo store doesn't do sales on on this first part of games it just doesn't happen so very very rarely well, yeah <clears throat> yeah so I think watch this space perhaps one to report back on it's more than likely going to be something that I might pick up over like Christmas when I'm off for three weeks or something yeah. I might might do a bit of that the jackpox party
1: pack 10. This is Horner's Fantasy Gaming League. It's snuck in under the, under the radar. It's only got 11 reviews, but it's on an 80, which is better than you could have hoped for. Shack News, <laughs> Aussie Amigia, 8 out of 10. It's been a fun 10 years, and the Jackbox Party Pack 10, like so many Jackbox efforts before, it is a worthy inclusion into your family game night rotation. Now, I've played these Jackbox things various times, yeah. and it's always been when you're forced to interact with people when you're going around someone's house and or you're going staying at fucking what's that place we used to get people go to the woods
0: centre parks centre
1: parks and then you get a cabbie and then someone puts that on you have to spend a fucking night playing that and all you want to do is just get drilled and you, but you're getting forced to do all this shit anyway I'd say that I've, yeah. I've played it and enjoyed it but I have no intention of ever playing number 10 unless I'm forced into it I'm assuming you're in a similar boat and you don't have these all nine others downloaded and ready to play with the family
0: no i did as i say, i used to play them like years ago probably probably about seven or eight years ago i played jackbox when it first came out yeah. i actually didn't realize they were doing annual releases i knew they'd released additional ones but i didn't know this was kind of a, a yearly thing they were doing so the new that was news to me that, yeah well anymore. can he say that um People are obviously playing it, and I think they're pretty good for what they are. Right, yeah, I think they're a, a yeah. good blast for a couple of hours. They're not <clears> something <throat> you'll continually kind of go back to, but I think if I was, I still think that, like the the Mario Party ones are just a far better, fun way of doing stuff like this. Um, but it's a, it's an interesting little play on it. They're, they're they're reasonably good. Let's have a look. It's on. It
1: costs twenty one UK twenty two UK pounds is where you can get it from shop two dot net. So. Whether it's worth it. Yeah, I'm never going to know. I mean, if I night in around, I'd expect people to chip in for that. <laughs> so I'm not paying 20 quid of my own money for you slobs. In fact, I won't even put it on. I'm not doing it. You can sit down and watch a film and be quiet. City Skylines 2 is in Salmon's team. A 76, only 29 reviews out, so could change. This is interesting mm. because before the game came out, they posted a note on their forum basically saying that it ain't going to be up to snuff from a technical perspective. Now, interesting. They didn't meet their own benchmarks, is the way they kind of worded it, but said that they feel like this is still the best way to go is just to release it. The console editions are already delayed, so they're coming next year. That should have been the tip off that they were struggling there. But on mm. the PC side, they've said it basically, our own internal. Quality levels this ain't meeting, but we're still going to release it anyway. And I just wonder why they're doing that. I just think that's just the wrong way to do it. It's coming on Game Pass, so people can check it out and not have to pay out if they've got access to that subscription service. But generally, I don't think this is a good thing to be doing. Anyway, 7.5 out of 10 from Game Informer, Sarah Thwaites. Quantifying the nuance of City Skylines 2 isn't easy. As I dig deeper into its complicated system, more and more exciting features still come, in, come into focus. The sequel is ambitious and wants players to juggle hundreds of considerations as they build towards Elysium and delivers and delivers in that aspect. Yet unfortunately, the game's consistent technical problems tend to mire that calculated success. So getting Sounds like it could have been better on the score front, which isn't the end of the world. We've seen games recover from worse situations. But, I mean, I played the first one, <clears throat> enjoyed it for what it was, but got bored quite quickly. Mm. Didn't really... I didn't have a target, so I just got to, like, my 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 city, I should say, to city status. And I was like, well, that'll do for me. I'm not, I've got no interest in building a super city or anything like that. I got rid mm. of it. So, any... any chance of me checking this out were basically binned once i saw that note going out that it ain't ready i was like what you doing but any thoughts on this bizarre but transparent bit of news that came out and uh city skylines 2 in general i mean it's a bit of a bizarre one isn't it i don't don't know if they're any under any obligation to release it or financially they're just so strapped up that they just needed that cash injection but I just don't see what world is you yeah. come out and say ain't meeting our own benchmarks that we've that we targeted yet we're going to release it anyway
0: yeah i mean you're, you're literally admitting you're releasing a subpar product right you know, yeah you don't see a car manufacturer come out and go look buy a car but it <laughs> don't really work properly yet or yeah. like a food come, product come out going well we don't know whether this is night. Like, it's just a bit of a strange thing to do. Like, if you're going to release a product, you want to be able to stand behind that product, surely, rather than just going, here you go, buy it. It don't work properly. Like, why Why would you do that? I don't know. It just seems like a weird... Here's the quote. <coughs> City
1: Skylines what? 2, is this is from their forum post, is a next-gen hmm. title, and naturally it demands certain hardware requirements. With that said, while our team has worked tirelessly to deliver the best experience possible, we have not achieved the benchmark we targeted. I mean, blah blah blah. In, in light of this, we still think as a long-term project, releasing now is the best way forward. It doesn't make sense to
0: me. I was like, "What? There's <laughs> no way that you can word salad that to make it anything other than it ain't ready, but we're going to chuck it out anyway." Yeah,
1: like, it's the wrong thing to do, it, in my opinion. Financially, they may be right mm. under the cosh, and it's the only option they had. But a, a, mm. look, they were transparent at least. They, yeah, they tipped I people mean, off, but. Still, you're I still committing acts. You don't go. Oh, don't what... I've just, I've just cut that old lady's throat and admit it and say, "Well, I told you about it, didn't I?" <laughs> I don't get you off the hook. You still did it, and that's an extreme. Yeah, and it's
0: almost worse because you're not even <laughs> pleading that you were innocent. You're just sort uh, of going, yep, yep, I "Yeah, I know." Yeah, it's yeah. It. I mean, as you say, I'd rather have the transparency, but I'd rather you didn't release an, an unfinished, yeah. well, unfinished game. Really, that's where. I'll always sit with it. I'll keep an eye on it because I may dive back in if it's got
1: a bit more structure to it or there's something that catches my eye, but you know, that's going to be months out given what's happened
0: here. I've always struggled with City Skylines because I always look at it and think that could be cool. Like, I like yeah. the idea, but then I've always struggled with the purpose. There has to be a purpose. Yes. Like I'm either trying to get better at it, I'm trying to master something, I'm trying to finish, I'm trying to achieve some sort of goal... And that just looks like... It's like why I've never picked up Flight Simulator. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know what what my goal of that would ever be. And some of these games where it's like, they're good, there's something there, but I I just don't really know what the purpose is. I think that's one that I've
1: always... Euro Truck Simulator falls into that category of, it doesn't really have a purpose if you just drive the trucks around. But what they did was Mm. basically integrate a sort of a career mode where you... Your purpose is actually to build out your trucking empire. So you start off just you and your first 18 wheel. You do that job. You do another job. You invest the money into buying other drivers to go and do it. And then they passively get income. You buy more fleet. So I had a a purpose to it, which I think I I saw that flight sims started to add more stuff like that. But then they announced flight sim 2. And I was like, (laughs) well... Let's we'll wait for that then. Hopefully that'll have it all there day one, but we seem intent on releasing things then thinking up good ideas afterwards of what might have been good to jump in there. So annoying. Fantasy Gaming League. So you and Parker now level on games that are out. It's the first time it's happened in months. You've yeah. got 776. He's got 756. So you do have a 20 point delta. It's going to come yeah. down to whether Super Mario RPG can overhaul Football Manager 2024. Now, it's got to score 21 points more than Football Manager, which would require a blow from Football Manager, which is unusual in terms of what their averages are, or just yeah. an exceptional remake of this, this old RPG. Um, it can still happen, I though. I would suggest. You're not, you're not out both of yet. those
0: things well, need to happen. After, yeah. I mean,. I think, look, realistically, in my brain, Football Manager's lowest is 75. Like, absolutely, if it bombs. I I can't see it getting less than that. Um, So, Super Mario RPG needs to be, like, game of the year. Hmm. That would be
1: my assessment. I think when I look... I did do a bit of research on Super Mario RPG, because this is a remake of it. Hmm. I think it scored... On game rankings, which was the old site we used to use for aggregated um, Mm. scores, I think on 89%, which wouldn't, wouldn't quite be enough unless Football Manager really blew it. So... Mm. I mean, it'd be. I think it'll be reasonably close, but if Football Manager just does yeah. what it normally does and gets an 85, you don't have to worry about it because it'll be... No, you know,
0: it'll no, be no it's insurmountable. Difference.
1: Yeah, so... Um, but that's mm. as it stands. I mean, there's a couple of scores that might move a couple of points either way, but it's going to be between an 18 and a 20-point delta that needs to be made up. And
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I have to say, that is a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Like, no. especially on early season form, I thought... I'd have feet up, yeah, pretty much, and and I haven't. Like, it, it could still, it would be an unexpected result yeah. if it, if it happens, but it's not impossible. No. Um, so, you know, I think if if Football Manager for some reason does only get like a seven out of ten and averages like seventy, like it's with entirely the realms of possibility that that Super Mario could get a ninety-one or yeah. or be around that, and then yeah. You're literally down to late season variances until you draw the line in December.
1: Yeah.
0: What's the final? what is it? Is it still the sixteenth? I've I still got that date last in my the mind.
1: Second Friday, so it's the not. It's the eighth, I think. I could be wrong. Right. I'll check it. I've wrote it down in that group, so I
0: won't be swaying yeah, from it's that. Fine. But yeah. it's not yeah. a concern right now. But no. it's like until that line gets drawn, there probably will be one or two minor variances, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it could, you know, if Parkey pulls that back, I think that's phenomenal work. Like his, his late season subs and whatnot have really.
1: Well, I think he'd given up. His team mm. basically forced that upon him, not to expose his inner workings, but I think he had given up. And Hall basically said, "Look, we can still win this," mm. and was driving that.
0: But the Hall never, never say die attitude.
1: Yeah, well, Hall, one of the worst fantasy gaming league Grand Prix performances I think we're ever gonna see based on it. he's gonna get all his games out as well. But as it stands now, Salmon has joined Biff in the clubhouse of ten games out, roster complete. Seven hundred and eighty one mm. points for Biff, as we know. Seven hundred and eighty as it stands for Salmon. So it's one point off. That could change because City Skylines hasn't got a number of a lot of reviews out. So they could go up or down. But that is extraordinarily mm. close. Paper is next, nine games, seven eleven 70 points off the title. Adkins is next, eight games out, so he's got two left. He's only 94 points off. So he could win the whole thing if his second from last game scores a 95. Mm. And he wouldn't even need a 10th game, which would be an embarrassment to everyone else in the entire Grand Prix. Hall, eight games out, 586 points, 195 points off the pace. Adcock lurking... Seven games out, five hundred forty-one points, two hundred forty points off the title. Has the same average as sorry, as a point better average than Paper, uh, sorry, than Biff. Sorry, so if averages continue to go that way, he may well sneak it. And Adkins, as we've said many times, it comes down to this day before whether that comes out or not, because it just seems more and more like it's not going to happen. But he could win it with like a Dragon Gaiden scoring a ninety-five, and he wouldn't need it. But that's very tight that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see what happens, and I'll be watching with a very close eye on uh, on whether Adkins chucks it. As I said in the other group, I'll be there gloating right in his face, doing a I call it doing a James no. dancing right there, celebrating in front of him. What if you lose the title though? I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. If Adkins blew it, it oh, that would that's, literally that's soften the blow unbelievably. That's enough for me, yeah. Just because of the gloating around Bordersgate 3, that's literally the only reason I even care.
1: <laughs> well, we'll see. It's, gonna, it's all wrapping up. It's all coming to a head, and it will be coming thick and fast, and we'll get a much better picture of what's going on and, obviously, update as and when we need to. But that'll do for this segment of the podcast. I'm going to end on two things. One... Persona 5 Royal is leaving Game Pass at the end of October. Now, I say this because I made the conscious decision to play that at the start of this year. And I said, a year to the date will be October. And that's when they might pull it off. So I feel very vindicated Mm -hmm. in pushing that through, doing Persona 4, doing Persona 5 before it come off Game Pass. So I feel vindicated in doing that. But it's also a warning to people, check when a game goes on And the the earliest it will probably leave is a year away. Just be careful. Just have that data there in front of you so you don't get caught out. Because if someone started that this week, they're fucked. They ain't finishing it. So it's a problem. Secondly, there's been layoffs at Frontier who developed Football Manager and the Jurassic World and Park Games, Evolution Games, the f1 F- manager an f1 manager has just gone on game pass so that clearly has come yeah. together in light of probably some financial difficulties and the reason why i bring that up is because the final part of this podcast will be me talking about f123 and i kind of mention my concern about f1 manager there whether we'll get a third game out of that franchise because i chose f123 this year over that <clears throat> and uh, now it's on game pass i might, i'll probably end up playing it so I'll be chucking that on the PC side of things and playing. But those are the two items we're going to end on. We will be back probably next week. I don't like to say that in case something goes wrong or we can't be asked. but most likely there'll be... The intent is. The intent is there. But we'll see you all on the other side. Here we are then, back with some game impressions. To close out this edition of Idle Game Chat, we've got apps here. And also our resident referee and current Grand Prix winner from the Fantasy Gaming League, Logan, usually on every episode now. I think that's that cadence has almost been not permanently installed, so, because I daren't say mm. it in case something <laughs> changes, but It's been on that for over a year now, I think, so it's not...
0: I love the idea that we do that and this just forms part of the backlog and then I, like, dramatically resign my commission or something and then all of a sudden we've got a podcast where I haven't appeared for ages and then I'm being claimed to be a permanent fixture.
1: I was reluctant to say still FGL Grand Prix winners. We get into that part of the year where this could end up (laughs) appearing in in the next Next calendar year (laughs) where where all the the titles will have changed around. So, Mm. you know, I'll try and keep things consistent, but it's not always possible. Anyway, it's F one twenty three, and I'll be talking through this one. Logan's got all the questions, and I hopefully have got all the answers, although probably not. Um, I so might do, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: Unusually, you've kind of sent me a couple of things that you you actually want to talk to, because it's always difficult, I think, to to review these sorts of games where you go. It's so a what are the sports graphics like?
1: game. Yeah. It's like...
0: Yeah. It's kind of like there's not a whole load of talking. Topics, but I might just ignore all of these and just ask you what I want to ask. Yeah, it's and then fine. they'll really, really throw something left field at you. We'll see what um, we get out
1: of it, but I'll I'll let you continue and ask what you need to ask, and hopefully I'll come up with something worthwhile. Yeah, well we to. will
0: we will stick semi on agenda and sort of say cards on the table. And I think I have to admit, it's still I don't ever have you down as like I mean you're not a car man, right? No. So you don't you don't you're not you don't like cars per se but racing and as a sport you're you're obviously into it yes not all car racing but you really do like your f1 right you were out in in belgium watching it live not so long ago so
1: pissed on by that rain
0: yeah so you're you're it's still i don't know why it surprises me but i think it's just because i associate f1 with having to like cars which is just not the case at all Mm. um but yeah. you're a seasoned F one veteran, I would call it, in terms of gaming and uh and watching it in real life.
1: Yeah, so I watch all all the Grand Prix uh, that will be, you know, going on throughout the year. Um and then I was fortunate enough to go and see it live for the first time earlier this year, which was good. And then on the gaming front, I've kind of got this this is the first kind of cycle of this. So this is not a mm. this could be complete trash next year, but last year people might remember that I sat down and played F1 Manager 2022. And at that point I was like I, I as much as I like F1, and it is sort of like it makes up like the free sort of you've got gaming and then you've got a bit of wrestling, a bit of F1 and then sp- other sports football national rugby all that sort of stuff it's like those those are sort of the four pillars if you will and as much as f1 makes up one of those pillars i was like i don't know if i've got it in me to play two games every year because that that f1 2022 i think i spent 80 hours on it i was like wow yeah. that's a big time investment and I was, equally i spent 50 hours in f123 So it's by no means, uh, you know, something to take lightly. And I haven't really in depth gone into the career mode, but that hasn't really changed throughout since the last time I played it. So that's the cadence I'm on. So I'll do a management game one year. So last year it was F1 Manager 2022. This year it's the actual racing experience F1 23. And that just gives me a break because we know these yearly installments and we've all been through it with FIFA and Pro Evo in yesteryear. Is that although you sit there and enjoy it throughout the year and it's one of the most played games that you would typically play, there is a bit of a you feel a bit hard done by sometimes when you boot it up and you're like, they haven't really changed much here. Yeah. And a two year cycle, I think, just gives me a bit of relief from the you know, that that particular thought process and allows me to enjoy some of the the finer things they have been working on over a two year period. So that's the cadence of them on. One year it'll be the management game, the next year it'll be the racing game. And we'll see what happens next year. I mean, I'm worried about the F1 manager twenty twenty-four ever coming out, if I'm honest. I don't think they've that's it's not, not Sam not, Dunk. it's not sold as far as I understand as well as it could have done. Last year, it didn't meet expectations. I'm kind of thinking that could that could be gone next year, which kind of ruins this whole system, and I'll be I'll be quite upset with that. But let's pretend that does continue. That's my plan next year: is to go to F1 Manager 2024 and then return to Codemasters' version of um, of the of the racing sim or the or the simcade. I guess it really is uh, mm. in 2025. So that's the the cadence of my of my background with these types of games. But I've certainly played more of the racing games than I have the management game, simply because there's only been two entries of the management game. There's been, I mean, code Codemasters had the license for about 10 years now, maybe more, might be longer than that. So I've played at least four or five of them before that.
0: Yeah. Uh, one question that comes to mind, and it, there's probably a relatively obvious answer to it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Like why, why have you ditched things like Pro Evo and FIFA and, you know, and things like you, would you go to a rugby game like and play a rugby sim or what? Like, why, F1, if you don't particularly like driving, why do you like playing F1 games?
1: Well, I think on the football front, I think my general interest in football has waned slightly Mm. and it's become more of international football... As a priority, and then the club football's there for the banter, mm. isn't it? It's there, it's there to wind each other up. That's the only use it has. It's like it's simply what it's there for at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with that not being as big a deal as it was, and you know, the pub, you know, we've got to remember, like ten, fifteen years ago, we'd go to the pub every weekend to watch the football games, and, mm. and that was all, that was kind of part of it. It's more ingrained in just weekly kind of culture, I guess. Culture, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it just isn't nowadays, which is which is fine. And then why, why F1? I don't know, really. I think it's just... When I watch it, I think I want to get involved somehow. And because you can't just go down the park mm. and fucking drive an F1 car around the wreck, mm. the closest thing, realistically, you can do on a regular basis is to play some sort of video game, at least for for me mm. anyway. Now, I have done karting previously, but it's an expensive hobby to upkeep, and it's something you can only do once every few weekends mm. and and whatnot. So this gives me a nice, easy access into that world where I can kind of fulfil yeah. any sort of freedoms or, or ideas that one day it would be something I'd ever do. So the video game just gives me a, a gateway into the, to the world to be able to play and feel like I'm sort of experiencing it outside of just watching it on the TV or going to see it.
0: So for you, is there a distinction in your mind between racing and driving? Like day-to-day mm. driving, rubbish, yes. racing completely different like there's an there's competitive and a competitive edge and it's a it's a sport which is where it piques your interest and why you want to do it
1: yeah i mean driving i mean there's not many things that would be on my top list of just irritant you know experiences than driving or being in a car as a passenger being driven around because there's just so many fucking idiots on the road, it really does just. Anno- I don't know why I let it get to me so much, but it really does just enrage me. Just the the, the overall poor standard driver, and just and then just the, the inconsiderate fucks that just. They don't like using that indicator. They don't like using that. So now my new comment is: Oh, their indicators must be broken.
0: But it's getting worse. I I'm know. digressing, but it, it's getting worse because in Wales they've reduced. Cars have got better, and there's more driver aids than ever, right? But yeah. in Wales, they've reduced the default speed limit on the road from 30 to 20, right? Mm. In the name of climate change. But I'm adamant that it's because people's driving has just got worse. And I think the more driver aids that come along, the worse people's driving gets. Yeah, um, But I be. can fully understand that. I guess, you know, if I look at someone like – and the reason I'm digging into this is because I think it's a saying that – probably some of the listeners and viewers have picked up over the years, it's kind of like not a natural thing And me knowing you for 20-plus years. It's kind of like not a natural thing that I'd expect you to gravitate towards because of your dislike for driving so much. For someone mm. like Biff, who likes his cars, likes driving, yeah, But that idiot doesn't like motorsport. Doesn't like motorsport. <laughs> no. This is the thing. It's kind of like I sit somewhere in the middle where I like driving, and mm. I do like motorsport, but I don't sit down, like, religiously no. to, like... to to play it or to watch it but I do enjoy it I sort of sit somewhere in the middle so I think it's just an important thing that I want to get when I'm thinking about reviewing and talking about a game is like your position Mm. and how you see it it doesn't come from like a love of driving it comes from a love of sport and competitive racing
1: yeah it's just kind of one of those things that was always on the tv when I grew up and you watch Mm. on the tv and then you just that's it it's kind of imprinted on you from a fairly young age like we're going back to the mid-90s yeah and um
0: but back in, the, can I add, back in the peak of like yeah. Michael Schumacher and and racing F1 back sort of twenty thirty years ago. Yeah, I think like I actually used to watch it back then because it was just such a different and fascinating sport to watch. The noises of the cars and everything it was it was very raw. Yeah, I, I, you know, and people would probably disagree and say, "Oh no, it's got better, it's more competitive, this, that, and the other." But yeah, it's, it, it's 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 kind of been diluted a bit for me from those days. It's more popular
1: than it's ever been, but that yeah. comes with its own pitfalls. The same with mm. mixed martial arts. That I preferred that when it was more underground and mm. like less of a mainstream kind of sport than it is now mm. because you, you just get too many people just gobbing off garbage opinions mostly. And they just overdo it as well. I mean, there's, 20, there's 23 races this year. I mean, it's absurd how many times mm. they're racing, but I don't mind that too much. But yeah, it's... It, it's it's definitely different to what it was back in the day. Mm. And obviously now they're more climate aware. So they've restricted on cost caps and things, which are probably sensible things to do for Mm. not, not just sustainability, which, you know, climate stuff, but I'm talking about the teams. It's so expensive to run these, these teams and all this sort of stuff. the, The cost cap probably stops teams going bankrupt and, and whatnot, but it does restrict what they can operate and how quick they can catch up because they've only got yeah so much money they can spend. It is, it is a bit, there's a lot of bureaucracy. There always has been, but nowadays more than ever, there's more of that stuff that gets in the way. Mm. The cars are very big, they're heavy, they're safer, which, you know, if you go back to the 90s, or yeah, the 80s yeah. and before that in the 70s, it was, it's startling to see how many people used to get killed just racing on the, on the weekends, but... You know, these are all, all changing. I mean, you've, we've seen the change in football. It's become a money yeah, sport. Yeah. And yeah, it's all yeah. This, this stuff. When it, As soon as something becomes popular and can be money can be extracted from it, you best bet mm-hmm. and buckle up that you're going to lose a bit of that kind of charm that it probably had back in the day, mm-hmm. so to speak. But yeah, motorsports, it's, it, it, it's <clears> the main one I watch. I will sit there and watch other races and other motorsports, but I won't follow them as in terms of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if it's on the TV, I'll sit down and watch and see what's occurring.
0: Yeah, so I guess speaking about commercialisation, yes. this is what brings us to, to, you know, they've made a game, and you've yeah. got F123. So what is it about the gameplay of this that, that you really like and or dislike, you know, what what what's it like to play? It's tricky because... The game feels good to me. I'd agree. It is tricky tricky because I can't race these F1 cars. It really annoys me. You have to get your braking right. So I think that's completely accurate, probably in a different way. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I I would say overall, the actual feeling of racing and driving is is very good. Now, they have. I'm playing on a DualSense, a PS5 controller. So that's important to know. A lot of people play, not a lot, many people play with a you know, serious races. This is play with a, um, mm. you know, a wheel and whatnot. So I, w- I would never categorize myself as a serious or good racer. It's just not, mm. I haven't got the time to get good at it and that's what it requires. So I'm much more mm. of a pickup, player weekend race, go away and do the career mode. Do, you know, not not sitting there trying to go through practice and time trials, just trying to get better at, 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 at the game. Mm. I'm just trying to race within my means, basically, with, with certain assists on that help with a, with a game you know gamepad or controller player. But they have added new um it's a I don't know what they called it. you know they come out this bollocks where it's like new precision controller you know settings <laughs> and it's like is it? But to be fair it feels great and you know those mm. that have played last year's one which I didn't have said it's a bit of a, an upgrade on that. And I can feel from at least 2021 the just the driving feels a lot smoother. You do have a lot more precision. There's a lot more settings you can go into and change. So one of the things I would advise is people go in there and look for a a controller setup on on YouTube or something just to get give yourself a little bit of leeway aside so you can you can get these cars where you need them to go. But that before it felt like if I was going to spin, I was always going to spin. There was no catching that. It was it, once it started, it was gone. Whereas in 23, definitely feel like I can catch the the spins more, and that may be because of that dual sense because the haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers this is this is where that kind of comes into its own i think because you can you can feel the grip and the slide of the tires through the vibrations so you're mm. so rather than over-egging it and continuing to accelerate through the corner you 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 just naturally ease off once you realise that's the signal. It's not something that mm. I. you sit down and think about. it. just over time, because the control has given you much more feedback, you're able to adjust on the fly and stop yourself from getting mm. in a situation where you're in the fucking wall. So this is where the dual sense... And I know there's always a battle. Like, oh, it's a load of old crap, all this shit. It's really not. Like, this. these sort of... These sort of examples is where it works really well, and other games could do this if they put the effort into to putting it in there. And as I always say, it's better to have it than not have it. And that also comes into the um, the adaptive triggers as well, because when you're locking up, you can feel the tire. You can feel when you pick the brake, you can feel it on the edge. You know, if you press that any harder, the tire's mm. going to lock. So it's, you, there's all these subtle hints and feedbacks that you just can't get on another controller that really helps and, and aids it so if you do have a choice i'd say use a dual sense to play this and i think you can plug it into the pc and still get similar if not all the settings on there it's just if you're on the, the green blood side you won't be able to do this but those sort of two things combine, i think make the the gameplay experience good for what i'm after you know mm. which is very much casual compared to what the hardcores do um but I still spend a lot no of time. Interest
0: in, sorry, no interest in the gears and, the, and all that sort of stuff and the
1: actual steering wheel? I did have a wheel about three or four years ago, but it's one of those things that it's like the VR. You think, right, I want to play a game. It's like, it's going to take me 10, 15 minutes yeah, to set yeah, it up. Yeah. I've got to get out of that fucking whatever that storage thing over there is called. I don't know what that is. <laughs> It's heavy okay. well, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I'll show people one day. It's heavy. You've got to set up all the you know your yeah where you're sitting, and then after you get tired as well. Like, it's a fatiguing experience. It's fun, mm. and I, but but you have to put even more time. It's kind of the learning curve on that is so steep. And if you mm. never get to that point where you get better than you are on a controller, it feels like a waste of. You know, investment of time. I never got on with it. No, I I, felt
0: too disconnected from what I saw on the screen versus what I'm doing with the wheel. It's it's
1: absolutely you absolutely will eventually be faster with a wheel, but it takes more more sort of groundwork to get to the base level where you're competitive. So, and that's where I always fell off. Like I just know I can pick up a controller and almost within reason, you know, keeping you know the the the, the decent amount of assists on. be fairly competitive at a, mm. you know, a medium or hard levelled AI. So that's kind of mm. where I'm at. I'm, I, if if this if I was only ever playing racing games, and absolutely, but as we know, mm. I'm playing all sorts of, you know, backwards games and whatnot. So mm. it's just one of those things that you have to kind of pick your lane and deal with it. Mm. It's expensive as well; those wheels are not cheap. So
0: no, <laughs> I must admit, though, actually, it's made me think. Like when you say, you're. I mean, I always consider myself pretty reasonable at arcade racers, right? Mm. And I I can pretty much pick them up and get used to it and understand how the cars work quite quickly because I spent a lot of the time in my youth playing Gran Turismo and those sort of things. But it's fair to say it has moved on a lot um, sort of over the past 10, 15 years. But it did surprise me. I think it was Horizon, one of the Horizons I was playing, and It was sending me your ghosts. Yeah. And I couldn't, some of them, I just couldn't get near it. And it was really annoying me. I was like... How could I not? So it goes to show you that some of that practice, and you're probably better at it than you you probably realise. Because once you know the cornering and everything like that, translates from an F1 game into almost any other racing game, even an arcade racer like Horizon, uh, sorry, a Forza or something. So um, interesting to hear about your perspective on the steering wheel. Because I thought you, I, I say I thought I knew you dabbled, but I didn't know mm. why you had not stuck it out and i agree i think it is you know organically you grow up with a controller and you kind of get to a level with that and then whenever i try to use a steering wheel i kind of like do a little bit and it doesn't move yeah. or whatever and then you do a bit more and then it's all of a sudden you're in a wall and you go i can't like if, the, the, you can't feel you've got no feedback like you would in a normal car and I, th- I found it really hard to do but you know, when you see these youtubers that just sort of get these unbelievable lap times and car control. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't. There's a whole, I just don't. Yeah. There's a whole
1: sim, sim league based around F1 yeah. 23, which is sponsored by teams within F1. Like mm. the actual teams have their own esports drivers that they've just plucked out of, off the internet and there's like a circuit for it. There's yeah. big prize money. There's all this stuff around it. And yeah, it's just a high, I just find it too much of a high barrier to entry in terms mm. of just the setup and the time investment to get, to get at a level where you're just not awful. But once yeah, you're yeah. over that hump, arguably, you're kind of in glory land. But if mm. I had nothing better to do, I would no job, I would no other games to play, then absolutely I'd do it. But yeah. where the where always gaming is compressed into free time, you kind of yeah, have to just yeah. pick your poison and go, right, I'm going to have to make some compromises here, and this feels like a fair one.
0: I only get a couple of hours free time either side of the day here where I can yeah. do things. so us make the most of it. Exactly, yeah. Um, so let's touch on the story mode then, which I think is called Breaking Point 2. Yeah. It's. A, what do you want to say about that? It's a direct sequel. So this is the
1: second entry into the F1 story so is, universe. So it plays on,
0: does it? Like the one in, in FIFA where it's the journey.
1: Yeah. So what's interesting, interesting. About, about Breaking Point is it only appeared in 2021. Um, it was not in 2022. Now, I thought at the time when that happened, I was like, oh, they've clearly seen that ain't worth the paper it's written on, the sales aren't as yeah. good. You know, you think, oh, that's that gone. But then I I remember I was reading up about it before the, the game came out, and it was a deliberate act, a deliberate ploy, because they wanted to have a two-year gap to make the story mode a bit more meaty and not to just churn out something a year later. And what it allows them to do is play the story out over two seasons as well because mm-hmm. you because you've got no you know storyline universe that happened in 2022 you start this storyline in 2022 and play through 2022 and 2023 so you get a bit more meat on the bone uh-huh. as well the regulation mm-hmm. changes come in that's part of the the game's kind of canon as well and all the the team name changes mm-hmm. that's always inter, interweaved into the the story itself but um yeah, I feel like they also because I'm on this two-year cycle with it, I've picked the right two years because I'm all... If this continues, this breaking point three or if they continue doing something in the story element, yeah, it should yeah. always be on the year that I get it. And to be honest, if they don't have it on the, on in a couple of years, there's a good chance that I don't necessarily pick it up straight away or at all because I do like just to play through something like this, some sort of tick in the mm. box. And this is a sequel... Returning characters that people may have played in 2021 are here, and you take the role of a number of drivers this time, and also you get a bit of a to dabble as a team boss um, because you're starting at a brand new team that's come onto the grid called Connor Sport. Um, so you get to make decisions in terms of where your drivers are supposed to be focusing their effort, and that has little buffs and little debuffs that don't really. Like this isn't Mass Effect. There ain't branching storylines, from what I can work out. But it just means that you you may unlock you know faster elements of the car later on and and whatnot. But I like the way they kind of shot this. It's shot in like a documentary style. So you you know you get the close up camera of someone talking, and then it'll be like a flashback to that moment and and whatnot. And I will say this has this is not the Last of Us Part Two, obviously but it has no right to be as good as it kind of is like I was expecting the absolute worst and it's actually pretty good it's really yeah. well it's really well acted they it's a bit dramatic but what do you expect like it's a it's a video game story but mm. in all honesty I was when I finished it I was like that's actually pretty good like in terms <laughs> of just the narrative they've played out there I was actually quite pleased to have gone through it um so from that point of view, they've done a they've done a good job, and I think generally when you boil down the actual playing of the game or mm. playing of Breaking Point, it is very it's quite it's quite shallow. Like you are put in a scenario each race not each race It skips through you know you don't you don't play forty odd races throughout the two seasons. That's not what happens. It's probably about fifteen to eighteen you, you might go through, but you don't play mm. a full race usually. You're dropped into a a race mid race, and it's like here's a scenario like get get to position three by lap ten, and that's kind of your your target that's been set. And if you fail, you go back to the drawing board and you have to try again. So it is a mm. it is one of those um, experiences where you have to meet the target or you will not continue. I would like to see a an expanded version where if you don't meet the target, that's where the story starts to deviate. And perhaps comes back around at the end, but that'll be an interesting kind of addition to it. But, but for what it is, it's fine. You know, these, these take maybe 15, 20 minutes per per race, and overall, mm. it's probably about six hours. If you yeah. maybe, maybe seven, if you're slow like me, sort of walking through all the menus, reading all the social media garbage that they've made. You know, these people slagging you off in the comments, and you're like, well, wow. but it doesn't. I think it does a good job of showing all the bollocks that goes along with F one, all the Again, it's over dramatic. It's clearly this is like the worst case scenario. A lot of these, a lot of these positions they put you in. But you know, there's intra team rivalries. There's 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 pressure from investors coming down on the team to perform and to use to, to get to certain you know milestones. You've got PR hounding you about your comments in the media. Like if you say something a bit inflammatory, they're like, don't be saying that in the future. Mm. You get all the, it kind of builds a nice picture of what it what a i guess a cinematic version of f1 might look like i'm sure it's not like this in real life but you know from the outside looking in this is how i imagine it could it could go if you had a a lot of nonsense going on
0: Did you ever play a game called grid legends
1: i played i think i played tocker race driver or something which was one of the first attempts at a story like this it was actually made by Mm -hmm. codemasters ironically Mm. Um, but I didn't get to grid legends, no, but uh, um that is a that's got a similar vibe to it
0: yeah, so I did play grid legends and it came out I was just checking what it was called because I couldn't remember i thought that's not I'm sure I played something similar to that, but it wasn't an f one game and it wasn't mm. a Forza game, and I remembered it was um it was grid legends. I just had a look on my profile says so only one of my friends plays it's not you, but it came out in twenty twenty one yeah, but that was a very focused game around a kind of like a story-driven narrative Yeah. around you starting out and being the challenger and then challenging like a couple of the drivers. And I was in a similar boat where I was like, this story shouldn't be, I shouldn't be as engaged with this story as I am. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was very bare bones, but it does work very effectively. And I was going to cite grid legends as kind of, I wouldn't say the Genesis, but it's an EA published game. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if there's some of that, DNA running through the F1 game, um, and it is It's, it's good, it, as you say. It, it does give you a, a kind of a bit of an eye opener into the to that kind of world, I guess, and to and to what's going on. Well, um,
1: it's funny because Grid, you say it's an ea published game. It's all Grid Legends was developed by Code Masters as well.
0: Yeah, I so thought it might be. But I didn't want to commit to it. No,
1: yeah. So they they've um, yeah they've been they've been dabbling with this for years. Like they, like yeah. I said, the Tocker. Race Driver was the first one I remember seeing it. And it was too hard that for me to do back That was my
0: favourite. I used to love Tokka Racing.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first two were excellent. And then, mm. th- then they sort of spun it off into more of a... Because it used to be just the British Touring Car Championship. Yeah. Yeah. And then it went to Tokka 2, which I think was also that. But then I think there was a, mm. like a Tokka World or something. And then eventually it got to like Race Driver. And that's where they had the story mode in it. And that was... Um, mm. I could never do it. Because again, it was scenario-based. You had to you had to fulfill mm. the obligations that the game was putting on you, and I could never quite mm. do it because I always found the handling so poor on that particular one. But yeah, this, mm. this is funny because Codemasters developed all of those games, and it's kind of like that, that strand has continued throughout. And mm. to be fair, like EA, I mean, there is a whole section that we'll talk about, which is clearly EA's influence, whether it's good or bad, we'll get to. But the fact that they still allow them to put the time and effort into doing the story mode, which most people won't play, to be honest. They're just mm. simply not going to bother with it, I think is a is a good sign. Because my concern when EA bought Codemasters was they would lose. I never thought the games would go away because I think they realize it's a lucrative, you know, licensing deal. Mm. And that Codemasters are doing a good job of it. People like generally like the games. And um, there's always problems. you know. If you go in the Reddits, it's always like, this is the worst game ever played. And it's like, oh, it's, no, it's not. You ain't played enough to just make that comment.
0: Remove 20% of the fringe you left with the core 60. Yeah. Like, and then uh, somewhere it, in the middle. Yeah. Abs-
1: absolutely. I don't think Reddit has any anything other than <laughs> the 20% mentalists on there. But... <laughs> Yeah, I was I was concerned that this might take a bit of a downturn, but coming back, you know, in twenty twenty in twenty three in twenty twenty three for this edition, like the fact the story mode is 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 as good as it was, I was like, well, that's that's a tick in the box. Mm. It's shown they're not completely just gutting the studio out in favor of a monetization method, although that Mm. is lurking.
0: So let's talk about that, shall we? We might as well get into it. So you've said F one World in brackets the season pass to which i, mean, I know <laughs> <laughs> i've thrown you under the bus deliberately because <laughs> it's just appearing everywhere isn't it every yep. game where they can get in at the minute loves the season pass um yeah. i don't know about you but i've got season pass fatigue that's for sure
1: well the thing with me is this is probably the first season pass type game i've actually played like it like yeah And gone through it. It's called a podium pass. I will best get that out there before people go, it's not called a season pass or a battle pass. It's a podium pass, which it is. It's called a podium (laughs) pass. Um, I played through, I leveled, I completely max leveled, whatever you call it, the first podium pass that came out. I think they last about 49 or 50 days. I think it's 49 days, which is a bit of a strange one. So you get a bit of time there. How much is it? It is, I'll I'll look it up in a second.
0: Pull him out.
1: I think, it's, I think it's a tenner. Yeah. I think. But,
0: they usually range about 8 to £10. Pounds. Yeah. I, I haven't seen them more than that.
1: Let's have a look. Where's that? Nine. So it's all. Uh, here's the thing it's all in Bitcoin, which is the currency. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then we've got to work out how much Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> they all do this. The Rocket Pass does it. Basically, everyone. I put
1: buy a Bitcoin in. It says buy a Bitcoin. No. I do to do that. It's not 2016. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. But yeah, so it's 9,000 Bitcoin. I will will find it in there. Um, Mm. Let's have a look. So 5,000 in the Xbox store is £3.79. 11,000 in the PlayStation store is £7.19. So it's actually less than that, isn't it? Mm. Um, It's tricky to find because obviously they do that that fucking Robin bastard thing where you can't buy 9,000 on the nose.
0: Yeah, yeah. You'll no, buy yeah, more be or less. They're yeah, yeah.
1: not going to let you just buy yeah. the exact amount for that. But oh, anyway, no, it's, it's under a tenner, it looks like, which is which is not Question. too bad.
0: Yep. Would you prefer it to be in the in-game points, or would you just prefer it to say it's 7 you pay that, it comes straight off your card? Or do you not care? Is it just really irrelevant because you've still got to pay it?
1: I feel like it's less transparent to do the bitcoin currency (laughs) they're they're trying to mask and hide things slightly whereas if you can see the actual monetary cost it feels like you can make a more informed decision so i think i'd prefer that but that would that would just feel a bit too grubby almost it's almost a bit too Mm. it's almost too transparent because you're like i'm just spending money on this whereas i'm sure
0: it was fortnights that used to just be like pay this or use that many coins what do Uh, they use
1: now they they use a currency
0: No, uh oh, well yeah, they used to. I I haven't played that for a year maybe, I can't remember, uh, but um Rocket League does, it's got kind of credits and they do the same thing and it's exactly yeah. the same where you can't buy the exact amount of credits you need, you have to buy more, and that's how they get you. But um Yeah. I just thought I'd see how much it is, whether it was more expensive or less. Um, what what happened was I so bought what, I
1: bought this not on release, I bought it like about a month after it came out and the, the Champions edition was on sale. And it, that included, how many fucking, I think that included like 15,000 Bitcoins. Mm. So I didn't, have to, I didn't have to buy any extra Bitcoins to, to opt into this, this podium pass. Now, I would say is once you spend the 9,000 Bitcoin, however else you buy it or however else you, you obtain that, is inside the podium pass, it allows you to earn more than that back. You, yeah so if you level it up that first time you yeah. can you can continually go into these these seasons, which is I yeah. think a good thing. and also there is there's two tiers to the podium pass. There's the standard podium pass which you everyone has access to unlocks mm. weird stuff like, I'll get into like the what the what you kind of what you're doing in this mode what the what the drive is later um and then you've got the VIP sort of tier which mostly unlocks cosmetics mostly. However, there are a couple of like parts and legendary parts that you can only get in the uh in the in the, mm. in the in the VIP one. It is I looked and it was only like one or two items out of 50 levels. So it didn't feel that egregious. It didn't feel like pay to win to me, because it wasn't like every every stage you're unlocking new stuff. And to be honest, Logan, in the early stages, you do one race and you unlock something better than what you just got out of the yeah, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's it's the you know it's a gear chasing, goose chase. So you're forever mm. changing that stuff anyway. It's not. It didn't seem like there's any long term benefits to those other than, okay. it's other than actually you get a team principal and it's like a named team principal like Gunther for for Haas. It's just nice to have him in your library because it's like he's a real life team principal. Mm. But his stats weren't overly better or worse, and it was kind of tied to your overall power level at that time. So it's not like it gives you too much of an advantage. But there is definitely a little bit of, I would say, levelling advantages if you did do the VIP one, but not enough for me to crapple over it. Because I know that that's a, that's a tough balance with, with some.
0: Yeah, but I you're mean, the
1: experienced, you know, battle pass person. So you should yeah, tell I mean, me about games all this. I don't know different what I'm doing.
0: Ways, right? Well, no, I mean, it's interesting to hear your, your perspective on it. Because I... I like a battle pass if it's solely for cosmetics. Mm. Now, Call of Duty muddies the water with that because they hide guns that are unlockable in there and they make those guns meta. So you kind of have to, but you kind of don't. So they do it in a way that it's like, hey, if you want these one or two guns, do it that way.
1: Yeah. What I should say is that Most of the activities in F1 World are offline, so you're only ever racing against the AI, which means your power level is is relevant to, and you can choose the scale. You can make the AI more powerful to give you, you know, get more rewards and make more credit. The ranked leveling is all level performance, so everyone's got the same speed. Everyone's got the same, you know, components. You you can change the setup of your car, but you can just do that Mm -hmm. in any case. So I should say Mm -hmm. that actually, if you're looking at a pay to win, you know, and and that's usually applied to like a a multiplayer ranked type league or something a bit more serious. In the ranked play, it is level performance. So actually, even if you were on the VIP kind of strand, you could have all this you know high powered car, but you'd be racing at the same level as someone who's just walked in through the door. So, yeah, 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 I mean that's an important yeah. distinction because I think that's where it can get a bit muddied, can't it? When you're when you're playing competitively online, that some fuck's yeah, got. No,
0: I think that's a very very good point because as I say, all the ones that I use, you know, Rocket, the Rocket Pass on Rocket League, that is obviously solely online. Um, Warzone and Call of Duty is predominantly all, all um, online based. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. It's interesting actually to see these things deployed in in a game that is basically a single-player game, like for the most part, or a solo experience, it's kind of like, why bother? Mm. I mean, you kind of think, surely just add these things as, like... Purchasables in some way, or unlockables, or do something it's oh, interesting. don't to worry, see they, them they've do got that. all that.
1: If you want to purchase some of these cosmetics, you can buy them with the Bitcoin. There's They've got a nice <laughs> store there for you to go and Sorry. buy a new.
0: I love that Bitcoin. Like it's <laughs> such an interesting play. Like it's very clever. I like that. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see that that bleed into into a game like this. I think
1: what's well, um, the EA influence, isn't it? Because I don't think Codemasters would have necessarily done this, but EA have. Specialists Mm. that probably could help build a what they would see as a sustainable model where people can continuously play the Mm. game if they don't want to just play. What there's a career mode in this as well. You can play as a team. You know, you you build the team. and You race as as one of the team members, or Mm. just a driver in a team. And it's I think it's ten years kind of career mode that you can do. You can move around. All the drivers retire and move around. It's all dynamic. But I know people find Mm. that quite stale. Like they don't necessarily play FIFA and go right, I'm going to sit there playing that career mode. So this offers, I guess, something a little bit different each time because there's a number of different... There's tons of events and activities to do, like short five-lap races, scenario-based play, um, replaying races from earlier in the season as a specific driver and trying to exceed their actual race result with with all the components and the scenario that they had. So there's a lot of stuff in there for people to do and each time you do something in the game whether it's in F1 world or outside of that you will be rewarded with parts and components to upgrade your F1 world car um, mm. and you can change the livery on that and change the look of it but really you're trying to increase the power level of that and it's very much you know we, we, we cite the division a lot because that's the one that I've been playing with you but it's like a gear leveling system like you get a new power yeah. unit that adds five points to your overall power level and it's just it's a continuous kind of drive i guess if people want to do that to get their car up to the 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 soft level cap and then the hard level cap and it's there's a number Mm -hmm. of different activities you can do you can unlock new things by doing specific series and whatnot you can play ranked online and do it that way or you can just play the career and at a slower pace you'll unlock this stuff but f1 world is probably the the place you want to do it because you're driving your actual f1 world car which is part of the appeal for people that are building this this um this car from the ground up almost. But it's very much yeah. like every every other loot based game you've seen, just that instead of a gun, it's a power unit or a rear wing or a front wing. Um or someone in the background of your team that's helping you through this and it's got all the other stuff like you can activate a goal, you know, do five laps around yeah, a, a yeah. European circuit. That'll give you a little boost or a little you know bit of currency or cash as a reward. There's, it's all, it's got all the trimmings that you would expect. And to be honest, when I first went in, I was like, "This is way too much for me. I can't be understanding this." But I spent a lot of time leveling up that first season because so I wanted just to go through one full season and get to like the, the max yeah, cap. Yeah. And I had to compress it into about two weeks because the season was ending <laughs> soon. So it was a bit of a grind, <laughs> but I was happy to kind of just go through that experience just to see what it was like. And um, yeah, 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 it was interesting. To, to say that, and I was actually strangely addicted to it at one point. I noticed myself jumping on for half hour, doing four events, and then jumping off. And I was like, that's unusual because I should be in that career mode. Ronnie should be in that career mode, doing full practice, you know, working his way up for the career. But he's then sitting there doing what I would consider throwaway toot. Like, it is, isn't it? It's just throwaway, like, jump on, five laps, done. It's not even real motor racing at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. It, but it was strangely addicting. and it was only because I sat there at one point and thought, "I don't, I'm not not enjoying this, but I, I definitely accept this is a massive waste of time. Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah, feeling yeah. the sense of progression, even though my car's getting more powerful. It felt very hollow. This is the way I describe yeah, yeah, it, yeah. which is why I never yeah. gravitate towards ongoing games typically, anyway. But um,
0: no, I mean you're there ticking boxes, and mm. I don't. I think one of the things we've discussed here is um like that tells you how to play and dictates the time and input you have to do like destiny yeah. when we've done yeah. that over you have to jump on do the dailies the yeah. weeklies the nightfalls to get the gear to be able to do that and it dictates your um pipeline it dictates what you're playing and when intentionally so yeah. as well like it's, it's all
1: time there's, there's dailies there's weeklies yeah. there's longer term season long challenges absolutely yeah, it's all and there. And it's
0: designed to keep you there and keep pulling you back. And it works. To keep you in that loop. And it works, yeah. Because I spent... You find yourself going f- into it, yeah.
1: 50 hours, I think I've, my game clock said. Probably mm. 10 of that was outside F1 world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that works. 20% of his time. Yeah. yeah. Tricky. Um, so is there anything else that you specifically want to call out on top of that that, that, that is worth our viewers and listeners knowing?
1: Um, I would say that as with every single online racing multiplayer game I've ever played, there's just a, there's so many assholes out there driving like absolute <laughs> lunatics that, and the game doesn't and there's I don't know if we we'll ever get to a point where it's it's fairly they're fairly sanctioned, but the game doesn't do a good job of punishing the tutors. Like I was taken off multiple mm. times in a race. And when I did a ranked league, I did like a ranked season. I think it's every week that resets and you get promoted or demoted. It's got all that in there as well if you want to just mm. work your way up there. But it's such a stress-inducing process that I only did it probably <laughs> 10 times throughout. And then eventually I just thought, my, my point was I'm better than these guys. I'm not going to stoop to their level. But I'll tell you what, yeah, after yeah. about seven races, I was like, fuck them. They're coming off the road with me or I'm going to take this cunt off. <laughs> got some good videos that I'll try and share one day where this absolute arsewipe brake tested me. And it's damaged my front wing and I went to the back of him. So I went up alongside him, just pulled my rear axle on his front axle and dragged him off the track into the wall. And he went and retired and I carried on. I was like, take that. So it brought out the worst in me in terms of a spiteful competitive driver. But I say all that to say that you're going to have to put up with some nonsense if you want the ranked online play against other players. Mm. Like, they just get... It's just... And I I do think it's a really difficult thing to try and look after and manage because you think how many games are playing at once. It's all going to be AI-based, isn't it? And the AI is trying to interpret intent versus what's normal and it
0: it, it can it
1: it can barely get it right when i'm racing against the ai it's struggling sometimes Mm -hmm. to get the right i feel the right decisions in terms of penalties and whatnot so mixing 20 lunatics that are just screaming all around the track offline and just trying to get cutting corners Mm -hmm. doing all sorts it's just a, a recipe for disaster for them so i will call out that is a it's entertaining if you don't take it seriously but if you're a serious player and want to get to like the elite league you're going to have to put up with some stress I think. I don't know if the, the elite divisions are any more well behaved than, than the sort of the bronze or the silvers that I was relegating. Probably not I would people imagine.
0: will be getting away with what they can get away with. Yeah. You, and most people at that level have found the exploits Oh, where they can get yeah. away with. Like, so it's one <laughs> of those things where you can't like if you can't beat them join them sort yeah, of thing. Yeah that's but what it turns into. For, yeah if you can't you know, if you're looking for real life simulatory experiences, you mm. probably ain't going to get that. I, do you know no. what? It's a really good point. because that's again something that I forgot about with these racing games is when you play people online. Like when I used to play the Forcers, you get someone that just uses you to break. Yeah, like yeah. you just slam into the side of you and you think, Well, what are we doing?" Yeah. I, yeah. The,
1: the good thing is, I will say this, and I didn't. I didn't experiment with this because I don't have. I didn't don't know anyone and I didn't really want to race yeah. that seriously but you can set up your own race leagues with a community like if you want to do a, a semi well a serious like series like you don't have to do mm. competitive is a quick multiplayer thing where you just jump in it just randomly selects the track that's all there but for those that want to race against other like-minded people that aren't going to be dicks you can mm. set up a league I and I know there's tons of these out there now you can join a league where so it's been run professionally yeah. there are certain rules and standards they usually have someone Sit there and watch the broadcast mode and, and, stu- and steward it, yes. Yeah, which is which so yeah. that's all there for people who want a bit more of a serious one. You don't have to dive into this crazy F one world ranked online league play. Although yeah. if you want your XP and you want to you want to level up quicker, it does give you a yeah. XP boost the higher division you're in for that week. So that's the, the intention mm. for people. But I suppose the, the, the long and short of that is there are options to avoid that if you want a serious. I don't want to paint the picture yeah. that it's all just the wild west because it gives you the tools to do a more no, serious online
0: play it is the wild west largely wherever you are whatever right. game you are You just kind of accept that but yeah. um okay well it's probably about time then that we get up to the dim digital gaming gallery to see if this goes into uh into your excuse me into your gallery so do we open the door to go in yes
1: F one twenty three can can go into this for sure.
0: Okay. So we walk in. We look at it, we see all the great stuff that's been put in throughout the course of uh throughout the course of the year. Where does F one twenty three land up for for Joe?
1: I think I think it's gonna get a nice solid silver. Because it's the the gameplay improvements felt tangible to me with that dual sense. That felt Much Mm. more accessible to play, and the increased amount of settings that you can do to to hone that are good. Like I said, the story mode Mm. was fairly good. You know, it's not going to win any Oscars or best story of the year type jobbies, but for what it was, it's a great vehicle to, you know, a a somewhat six to seven hour entertaining romp. F one World, concerningly addictive for someone that doesn't really get involved in that. But then again, Mm. if you want to avoid all the nonsense. The career mode's still there. Now, the career mode probably needs a bit of work. I don't know what else you can do. It's like these FIFA's, like people are, well, uh, revamp career mode. What do you want, though? <laughs> what What do you need out of these games? I don't understand what they're after. Mm. But need is to say, that's there for people who just want to experience, you know, what it's like to go from F2 to F1. You can do that or dive straight into F1. It gives you all those options or create a new team on the grid. You've got all those options there. So I think overall, this is it's good. It's it's really solid and the the F one world stuff, like the online connectivity does plague it a little bit. Like I had a few disconnections that booted me out of the game because it was struggling to connect and because it, it's an online game all the time it was like well you can you can play it then you have to go to back to that dashboard and I was like well that's a bit inconvenient isn't it <laughs> and all the menus are slow because every time you do something it's trying to suss out if you're trying to s- steal something I don't know what it's doing but it's it's not happy if you're moving around in those menus is it
0: We touched on this yesterday, I think, or it was Monday when we briefly discussed it. And it made me laugh when you said that. It's kind of like we're all roaring around now with these super fast SSDs and you're checking in with a server to see if... It was,
1: because it, and because everything feeds into f1 world even if you play just a random race like you can do just a random race or set up a, an offline championship for yourself all this stuff mm. but because it's always giving you xp at the end of your session you have to go through that fucking screen at the end and deal with that and it's even if you try and skip through it so like, oh, hang on a minute we need to make sure the server knows you've got your xp and you're like i don't care i'm just trying to fucking get through this so you know, there's swings and roundabouts that stuff, but I do think there's a, there's something there for people that, that that like that that kind of cycle. And it was mm. implemented from my very naive lens pretty well. And story career mode, it's got tons of options in there. You can pretty much do whatever you like, and you're not going to be impeded by by stuff too much. So, I think overall it's a solid game and one of the one of the better entries. And um, I'm looking forward to picking up F one twenty five should that arrive.
0: Yeah, I think they're always difficult to um, to to grade these games because, as you say, it's kind of like they're not they're not ever going to get realistically into those kind of like upper echelons, like mm. because they're just not those sort of games. Like they can be good in their own right, but yeah, they're they're, they're always there to serve a purpose. And if they do that well, then then they tick the box. They're largely going to be in that that silver bracket, I think, which as I say, isn't a bad bad place to be. No. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, F123, a nice silver. Well, I think we'll close down the episode. Idle Game Chat in the books again. Who knows when people listen to this? It could be 2024. I could be playing F1 Manager 2024 by now. That's how late this could be coming out. Although, we have used up the big backlog of content we had. So, actually, under pressure, this will probably go out much sooner than. <laughs> which is probably better <laughs> in hindsight because. Not not referencing like Boris still being in charge and you know, all this sort of junk.
0: It's a good uh, window to the past. It's like opening a time capsule. Yeah. All sorts of stuff comes out that you weren't expecting.
1: Absolutely. But we'll see. We'll be back with the next edition of Idle Game Chat. Nothing more for us to say other than thanks for your time and ta da.